Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S, the place to hear stories of heart-driven women creatively living free. Our episodes highlight conversations and insights that support the values of self-care, creative and personal freedom, slower living, happiness, health, and wellness to help you live your absolute best life. To be a part of the movement and join the conversation, step inside our free Facebook group, She Heals the World, and say hello. It brings me great joy to bring you our next episode. Hey there, welcome to the She Heals the World talk show today. So today I'm really excited. I am bringing on Angela Nunez, who is a former fitness model, and she is going to talk to us all about seeking external validation. So seeking external validation or approval and acceptance from other people is something that we all have experienced at some point in our life, whether it is going after a particular degree because you think it's how you're going to look or be perceived to people in the marketplace, or it could be seeking the attention or validation of a partner or someone that you're interested in and that you want to date, or it could just be a social media thing. I mean, the whole premise of having likes and shares on Instagram and Facebook has really added to creating a culture where we rest our self-worth on how many likes we get or how many shares or views we may get on certain pieces of content. And so this can be a really destructive cycle. And what I love about today's conversation is that Angela and I get really real and really raw about that. And we go through some practices to help you overcome some of those experiences and some of those challenges so that you can break out of looking for other people to fill an empty void and really start to look at how you can put certain things in place so that you are renewed, refreshed, excited, happy, and whole. We also talk about what to do when everything feels like it's going wrong and you have no idea how to pick up the pieces or where to start. We go through exactly what Angela did when she was experiencing this in her life and how she got her life back on track. And so I think whether you're a fitness model or not, um, or whether you're a coach or just an everyday woman or man, um, I think this episode will give you lots of support uh, as well as lots of advice on how you can start to give yourself the attention that you crave. All right, guys. Here we have it, Angela Nunez. Welcome to the show, Angela. Hi, I'm I'm really glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so why don't you tell everybody your story? How did you get started in this work? So I used to be a fitness model. And when I was doing that, I was also, I started competing. I was in the fitness bikini competitions. And I started, even off of my first one, I placed um, top five. And after that, I got sponsored by two different companies. Um, I started the, all the other competitions I started winning first in, and I was working with one company that, you know, I was on every display that they had. I was at the nutrition shops where you walked in and there's a giant, you know, person on their window. That was me. I was in oxygen magazine, um, natural muscle magazine. I got a spread in that one. Um, Sun Warrior was my other sponsor and they they had me, you know, on a lot of their ads that ran through all those different big magazines. And so at the time it was really a dream come true for me because I always deep down wanted that. I was always the sports girl and I have a, a sister that I have two sisters that are gorgeous and one is she was always the model. 
And I envied her because she got the attention and I got the attention from being the sports girl. But, you know, I think with any female and male, you know, when you see that person getting attention in that way of like, wow, they're attractive and there are so many people like that, that it makes you, um, you want that too. And so that was kind of like the deep seated stuff that I, I, I didn't really discover until, you know, further into my story, but with the competing and with the modeling, um, I was really destroying my body. It was too much. And I think a lot of people that are doing this now are in the same boat because I actually treat a lot of these women that have done the competitions. And I, when I was competing, I was surrounded by them and we would have these deep conversations about how this actually really makes us feel. And majority of us really struggled with it because it was something that was so intense. I mean, I was working out two times a day. My diet was so regimented that I had to weigh out everything that I put in my mouth. I never went out. I, if I did go out to dinner or go out to meet friends for food, I actually brought my own food in a Tupperware. Mm. I didn't eat at the restaurant. Um, I'd end up getting so tired that my body was just just didn't want me to do anything. So I just isolated myself because I didn't want to be tempted by going out and needing something that was off my meal plan. I didn't want to, uh, I was too tired to really enjoy anything. I usually just came home and laid in bed. Uh, and so it really wasn't this life that was portrayed on my Instagram. And I don't think a lot of people's are because we're, you know, it's our, it's our highlight reel. But I was posting, you know, okay, look at my body this morning. But what does that really mean that's going on for me? It means that I'm not, I wasn't dating. I wasn't seeing friends. I wasn't going out. I wasn't really enjoying life. But because I looked a certain way, everybody thought I had the world in my fingertips. And it was just, that wasn't the case. And it's not the case for a lot of people that do these things. Because you just can't have both worlds. And uh, if you're happy with that, that's good. And it, it's no problem. But I don't see there's a lot of people that can handle it to that extreme. Mm -hmm. And their bodies can't either. And so I ended up having a lot of health issues that happened. Uh, the last year I was competing, um, I ended up needing to stop because I, one, I was finishing up school and I had to take a board exam that was really, really difficult. So I stopped to focus on that. But as soon as I got done, I thought, well, I need to throw myself back into these competitions and modeling so that people know who I am again. And I started dieting and started working out the way that I used to. And my body pretty much said, Nope, you're not doing this. It just, it just wouldn't work. I wasn't losing weight. I was chronically fatigued. My gut was really messed up. Um, and I started experiencing a lot of joint pain to the point where I had to stop working out um, because it was so painful. And I started doing yoga again, which was good because I, had kind of gotten away from that but even that hurt my like especially my wrists and mm -hmm. my ankles uh, because just all the joints were hurting in my in my body and even when I was competing even to kind of go back to that when I finished a competition I usually had to nurture myself back to health because my body was just so depleted mm -hmm. and um, so it just it was just compound effect from that point it just I did too much and I had just experienced all this pain and so it, it was, I kind of let my body relax a little bit and um, it, it just never really went away. So I ended up going in to get some blood work that was going to look more for like autoimmune markers. And one actually came back positive for lupus. Mm -hmm. And 
it wasn't confirmed completely. Um, I needed to go to a specialist to kind of do more. And, but from that point, I was already kind of distraught because I thought, how is it that me, I'm supposed to be this health person. I'm supposed to be this, this person that teaches other people to be healthy. And yet my body's giving up on me. My body's created an autoimmune disease because of my actions. And now I might have lupus. And so that was really, really difficult. And, um, so my story kind of goes really deep at this point, because when I had got that blood work done that same week, I had an, a, an acupuncture practice that I shared with a chiropractor. So he had already had a, an established business and I just added mine into his. And it was on a Friday cause I was there by myself and a woman walked into our office with a couple behind her and said, can I show them the office? And I thought, well, sure, go ahead. But I thought that was weird. So, you know, my little spidey senses went up at that point. And after they left, I went to the back office to kind of see, okay, is there something going on? And I didn't have to look far. There was an envelope right on the, on the desk and it was from the IRS and I opened it up and saw that the chiropractor that I had shared this office with um, had over $300,000 worth of back taxes. Mm. Yeah. So I thought, okay, this isn't good, but I'm not going to freak out until I know what's going on. And that was on a Friday. So by Monday morning, early Monday morning, I got a call from him saying that he's closing down the office and he's going to go join a friend's practice and that I need to be out of the office that week. And so I, you know, I didn't know exactly what to do, but I called my patients, just let them know I don't have a, you know, an emergency has happened. And, and I just, I tried to find another office. One didn't really work. It was really loud. And my patients didn't like it and complained about the noise because acupuncture is supposed to be very soothing and relaxing, kind of like a massage. And, and that wasn't the experience they were getting. And so I was kind of at a loss, but um, I had, I just didn't know what to do. There wasn't, there's not, you, you know, and I'm sure with your experience, you can't just like up and find something that, that fits you. And so I was just another thing that was a distraught to me, but it went even deeper because that next week, um, the person that I was dating at the time, we went out to dinner and at the end of dinner, he said, um, I need to tell you something. And he said, uh, I just found out that I have cancer. Mm, so everything is happening at the exact same. I have been there and I know that there are so many people who are probably listening and, and like screaming as they're resonating with your story when you have one thing that's going really wrong and then it's just like a spiral effect. Like everything yeah. else just starts to crumble and you almost start to think like, what the heck did I do that yeah. everything is falling apart? Yeah. So that experience was, I mean, that was just, my heart just sunk. And I'm the type of person that will drop everything to help somebody I care about. And that's what I did. I thought, okay, my health can go on the back burner. My practice can go on the back burner. I need to make sure that this person is safe. Mm -hmm. And we stayed, we changed our diet together, started like really introducing a lot of high nutrient dense foods, a lot of leafy greens. We started juicing. He wanted to go natural. So we really explored all those different um, avenues, which was really neat and a good learning experience for me. But so I started eating the same diet with him and not that we were eating bad in the initially, it was just that we weren't eating such high, almost overdosing on these high 
high nutrient dense foods. Mm -hmm. And um, this is where like real rock bottom hit for me was at the time. Um, so he had an ex-wife and he had kids. And so at this whole situation, you know, just kind of really changes everything. And I had told him, you know, I'm very rational. I know this is an experience that is different than any other. And I know that your ex-wife needs to be a part of this more than anything. Cause other than you, she has the most to lose. She's the mother of your kids. And so I was very understanding and just asked for him to keep me in the loop and let me know what's going on. But eventually what had happened, it just, the stress of everything. And, um, he decided that it was just the best thing for him to just go back to his family and go back to his ex-wife. And, I completely understood it, but at the same time, I was the person in the situation, so it really hurt. <laughs> um, like it was just so out of my control, and everything before that was fine. We were we were we had a great relationship, so it was just kind of like, wow, yeah, what have I done, you know, to really deserve all this? And and so, luckily at the time, um, I had been eating really really well, and. I had noticed that all my pain had gone away. So all that joint pain had gone away. I had also had sciatica that I had suffered with for probably five years at the time. And I, it really restricted me from a lot of workouts. I couldn't run without days of being really, really sore and, and pain. Um, so I never got to run anymore. I had to be really conscious of workouts that I did because of that aggravation of the sciatica. And, and I noticed, oh my gosh, I don't feel that pain anymore. And I was able to run, I was able to do everything. And I still haven't had that to this day. So changing my diet and really adding in these high nutrient foods just, just totally helped all the inflammation I had in my body. And even my, my composition, my size changed. It was almost like I was swollen. You know, I just had so much inflammation that my body was just a little puffy. And I was, I just shrank, you know, it wasn't dramatic. It wasn't like I lost weight. It was just like my body got back to its health and, and so that luckily was the thing that really propelled me forward because I think if I still would have been feeling really bad and been in that chronic pain, I, it wouldn't have been so easy for me to get out of that like deep, deep rock bottom that I felt like I was in. So, you know, cause when you feel good about yourself, when you feel um, healthy, you, it's so much easier for you to show up in your life. You're making those steps become a lot easier. You know, when you think about when you don't feel good, you, you don't want to move. You don't want to show up in your life. Your relationships usually suffer. You may, you know, at work may either call out or you may not show up the same way. You just, when you don't feel good, you don't show up in your life. And mm -hmm. so automatically I had that going for me because of the situation that we were in and me changing my diet so dramatically. So that kind of propelled me forward into, um, being able to, okay, I need to seek out and I need to find a new office. And I did with another acupuncturist and I got my patient base back and I started, you know, building that again. And so that was going well. But at the end of the day, I still felt more of like that emotional toll. And I knew I needed to get help. I knew I needed to really seek out things to help me in that regard. And I did, I started looking more into, I started doing like different breath work. Um, I worked with, you know, the TAPS, I work with sound bowls. I did herbal medicines. Um, I did like so many different things to just kind of find that relief. And it wasn't until I found, and I did, I was getting a lot, a lot of relief. And I ended up finding um, 
this NLP, Neuro Linguistic Program, they had a seminar that they were doing. It was a four-day seminar, and I signed up to do it, and I almost didn't go, but I, I, luckily I did, and it was so transformational. I had so much resolve. I cried a lot mm. that I ended up signing up to do a more extensive one, and this is where I learned um, the NLP, um, MER aspect of it, which is mental emotional release. And I went through my own breakthrough session and it was here that I really started to find those patterns that I had developed when I was young. And that was a lot with, um, not really feeling adequate in a lot of areas. Um, I always compared myself to my sisters and, um, that attention that I kind of talked about where I didn't feel like I got the same because I was the sports girl where my other sisters were were like the model types. And, and I saw, wow, that's why I seeked out doing a lot of this stuff. And that's why I continued to compete because I started getting that external validation that I never felt that I had. Mm. And that propelled me to keep on doing something that was damaging and was so hurtful to my own body that I ignored those signs and symptoms. And I just continued to do it because of, the praise that I got and the attention that I got from it. And I think that's where a lot of women are and men, especially of all shapes and sizes. I, you know, I talk about the fitness people because I feel like they're the most insecure people I've ever met when you don't think that that would be the case, but they are because, because of a lot of the situations that they're in and the reason that they're staying in this type of competition that's draining and is so difficult on the body um, is because they're filling that void that a lot of us have from from one thing or another. And so there were so many other connections that I found about just pretty much like not loving myself. And that's really what it was, was I wasn't doing things for myself. I was doing them for the pleasure of getting the external validation. And mm. that's where my whole life kind of changed Hmm, that is such a beautiful story. And, you know, I'd like to kind of go with that, like go with the woman who is listening today, who may have your same story, you know, maybe she's getting a lot of external validation on her body and about her body and perhaps going through some extreme dieting and, and grueling workouts to continue that, but it's not really sustainable and she has no way of keeping it up, but yeah. she wants to stay fit because you still look great. You've made these changes and you still are leaps and bounds <laughs> beyond an average person, right? So she still wants to look good and she still wants to feel like, you know, she is um, fit and healthy but she also wants to feel emotionally good as well. And so if she is going into this process of reinvention and she's not quite sure what it looks like, but she knows that where she's at, she's just not happy. Um, what, what are some steps that she can take to start to transform her own life? Yeah, and that's a great question. Um, I would say the first thing that you'd wanna start doing is to turn inward. Um, start really being um, mindful of the things that make you have those types of emotional reactions or what we would call like a trigger. You know, we, we kind of get set off on certain situations. Um, so instead what, what I kind of see a lot of people when they feel an emotional reaction come up, they try to run from it. And I say, get curious with it and start to lean into it and try to find out where that's coming from. Um, try to, try to see if there's um, a pattern 
that you see that's that you keep on running and just start to understand yourself. I think that's a huge one. Uh, the second one that's kind of like piggybacking off of that would be again, to just be mindful, um, but of yourself and more so of like your needs. So when we look at human beings, just in general, we have our basic human needs that we need met, which is your shelter, your food, your water. But after that, uh, you see that the fundamental human needs that we need are attention, affection, appreciation, and acceptance. And I think as we were talking about, there's so many people that um, try to turn to that external to find those things. And it's not our fault because we're not really taught this at all. We're not taught to say, you know, when you feel like you need attention or affection or appreciation or acceptance, do we say, give that to yourself first? We don't learn that. What we say is, is, okay, I'm feeling lonely. I need to go seek out somebody. And that may be, um, a, an ex-boyfriend or a girlfriend, a, you know, somebody that's not compatible with you. That could be just finding anybody that'll show you a little bit of attention. That means posting on Instagram, maybe, maybe things that get you more attention than the others. Um, because we're, we're trying to feed that void. Um, we, we spend money on clothes and furniture and houses and cars because we're trying to fill that void of, of trying to get accepted or feel, feel appreciated. And we're never really learning how to give that to ourselves. And so that's a huge one of, of kind of seeing, and without money, I do an exercise with my clients that really brings us to light that it's kind of like how can you show yourself these things and without money and it's a crazy what people come up with but then it really is eye-opening because they realize wow like normally I would if I'm feeling a certain way I'll go spend money retail therapy we say right mm -hmm. but it's not correcting anything all it is is a temporary solution to the emotional feeling that we have at the time so I say start being mindful of these emotions and yourself and how you seek out those external things rather than turning inward. Mm. Um, Can you give us an example, Angela, of like, what is one thing that somebody could do to give themselves that attention or affection that they may be craving from the outside world? Yeah. So this is where like a lot of self-love, self-care comes in. So something simply as going to work out, you know, not, not, not go work out and kill yourself, type of extreme, but, mm -hmm. but just go move your body, go do something reju rejuvenating, maybe go do a yoga class. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of meditation and it has so many health, uh, positive things for you that I'd say, you know, learn to meditate, sit there, sit in silence for a moment. Um, do some, do some affirmations, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know, I am beautiful. I am worthy. I am enough. You know, yeah. and really feed yourself with those those feelings um, and those things that you want other people to tell you. Yeah. Why, why don't you tell yourself that? You know, you need to love yourself first. So let's 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 make sure that's happening. Um, you know, drink water, eat a healthy food. Um, go to take yourself to you know not spending money. Um, go for a walk in nature. Go pick flowers mm -hmm. for yourself. You don't have to go buy flowers. Go pick them. Take mm -hmm. a bubble bath. You know, go mm -hmm. to a sauna, you know, just do something 
that is going to nourish you. And yeah. it's neat to, to try to do it without money. That's a that's another big one. Try to do these things without money and it, it'll give you even more fulfillment. Mm, beautiful. That is such a game changer. And I really hope you guys heard what she said and took notes and remember that because I think this whole thing with Instagram and social media has like turned us all into maniacs. And, you know, it it is a natural behavior to crave attention and to want attention and to want affection from other people. But when you live and die by that, I think it just makes your life so much more unhappy. And, you know, when we can detach from that and say, I am responsible for my own happiness. I am responsible for giving myself the love, attention, and affection that I need to function and to thrive in this world. It just really helps to remind you that all this social media stuff can be very dangerous if yeah. it doesn't have the right place, you know, in your life. So, wow. hundred percent. You're spot on with that. Okay. So I have a thing that I call the three M's and that's move, meditate, and motivate. So move just means move your body. It doesn't mean that you have to go do a strenuous workout, but it means, you know, dance. It means um, stretch. It means go to yoga. It means go for a walk. It doesn't mean that you have to go and orange theory it up or go do CrossFit, something that is just, you know, sounds a little too much for you. But if you just move your body, it'll completely change your state. You know, even just put on a song for three minutes and dance to it. It'll it'll shift your your body in such a way. So the next is meditate. I'm a huge meditator. And it has been like I said, when I learned that aspect of the yoga when I was 17 years old, it changed my life. I remember saying, gosh, I should be really stressed out in this moment and I'm not. And I knew it was because I had meditated on a regular basis. And so even if you do it for one minute, you know, start at one minute, go to five minutes, go to 10 minutes. You don't have to do like a 20, 30 minute still meditation when you've never done this. Just make those baby steps into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Motivate is going to be your affirmations or like a grateful list. I'm, I'm huge on on talking about what you're grateful for. So you don't have to make this like a whole journal if you don't want to, you can if you want to, but maybe like the first thing in the morning when you wake up, just in your mind, you can say three things that you're grateful for. And then before you go to bed, three things that you're grateful for before you go to bed. It is will really start shifting your mind into seeing the good rather than the lack thereof. Mm. And also visualization, that's kind of a lot of part of my motivation as well, because when we can see what we really want in the future, um, visualizing it first is our, is going to be a major step in that, seeing ourselves in it. We see this in sports and we see this in neuroscience where people who just think that they're doing something, um, the same parts of their brain light up as if they were doing it. So there is actually like a piano study where they had people play the piano, learn, learn something and actually physically play it for two hours a day to practice. They had the other group say, you're going to learn this, but now instead of actually physically practicing, I want you to practice it in your mind for two hours. Don't go, don't actually physically do it. Mm. And at the end of the study, they saw that both those groups had the same uh, narrow pathways developed. So that means 
no, whether they physically did it or they visualized it, it still created the exact same habit in their head and in their brain, it made that narrow pathway the exact same way. So it's super important. Sports people do this, but visualize yourself in that future person that you want to be and, and really think about who she is, um, what she's feeling at the time, what she's wearing. I mean, get as detailed as you can and really visualize you as that person you want to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are such amazing tips, Angela. I am so grateful that you came on the show to share them with us. I am quite sure just one of them, implementing one of them can be a complete game changer in someone's life. And so as we get ready to close, I would just like to know from you, if you could look back and give your 10-year younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? Um, honestly, it would be to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people might resonate with this. I know I'm the last person that's going to ask for help with anything. And when I finally got to the point where I said, yeah, I need help and I need some guidance. I need some mentorship. I need somebody to just, who's been here before to, to show me the way a little bit. Did mm-hmm. I really start getting that, that change in my life? We can't do this alone. We are not even, we're built as human beings to co-regulate, which means we're built to, to do things together. We're meant to, you know, we, we crave connection. And when we don't have that and we isolate ourselves, especially in business, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, all the, your health coaches out here, we're, we are the coaches, we're the marketers, we're the accountants, mm. we're, we do everything. And it starts getting super lonely. And that loneliness is going to be the thing that prevents you from moving forward. And so to seek help in areas that you can, um, whether that's allocating some of these um, things to somebody or just finding that person that's going to help you get to that next level instead of you always trying to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. And for those women who are ready to reinvent themselves and who crave that, that level of transformation, how can they find you? And or if that's not where they're at, how can they support you and show you some love? Can you please share your links with us? <laughs> yes, I will. So I've named my company Renewed and it's actually R-E-N-U-D-E. So nude as a naked. And I bring this up because it wasn't until I got vulnerable and I used to think vulnerability was a weakness and now it is really the strongest that I ever have been is when I really, really stripped myself down and became that vulnerable, that real change started to happen. And so I kind of use it as a play on words of renewed because that nude is being, you know, AKA that, that that vulnerability where we feel so naked that we, you know, we're scared to really show that side of us. Mm. Um, so that's how that name kind of came about. So it's renewedyou.com is my website. Um, you can also see me on Instagram and that is Dr. Angela Nunez and that's N as a Nancy, U and as a Nancy EZ. And then I also have Angela Nunez as my Facebook. If you want to look me up there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Angela Nunes, thank you so much for coming on the show. I cannot wait to have you back. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. That was great. Well, there you have it. 
Thanks so much for listening to the show today. And as always, for more resources, as you continue to live out your beautiful mission of healing the world and grow your beautiful business, you can head to www.shehealstheworld.com forward slash freebie to see what new resources I have in store for you. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. And I can't wait to see you at the next episode.